What up, everybody? Just wanted to say a big thank you to everybody who's supported Lockdown Universe for the past three years. I really appreciate you. And if you've been thinking about a way to support, but you didn't have $1.99 uh, to support for each month, that is okay. If you want to just buy me a coffee, there's an option for you to just buy me a coffee inside the description of each episode moving forward. So just highlight that, put it in your browser. You can go right there and buy me a coffee or two or three. I like coffee. Who doesn't? And I would really appreciate it. And it would keep me awake enough to make more podcasts for you guys. So uh, I would appreciate that. And just wanted to let you know. Thanks for that. And thanks for supporting the podcast. Let's get to the show. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back. Happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing excellent and taking care of yourself. So today, I wanted to talk to you about something really interesting I came across, actually. Many, many people may know this, many people may not. Did you know that King Charles, you know, the one that's in power in England is actually a descendant of Dracula. Yes, Vlad the Impaler himself. 16 generations removed, in fact. You might say, that's impossible. And I say, how dare you? It is possible and it's factual. So, how can this be? Well, let's take a look. There's an article here on Cornwall Live, and it talks about it. It says, the royal family has links to several countries across Europe, Europe, including Romania, which, if you don't know, is the new or the old Transylvania. Or, as some would know, Dracula's hometown. <laughs> and so, uh, it turns out King Charles is the descendant of the real-life Dracula, formerly known as Prince Charles, Prince of Wales. He is now the King of England, right? And uh, he actually, after he found out that he, he has th this relation, actually went to Transylvania and started to uh, investigate it further and actually bought properties and owned several properties in Transylvania. And is heir to Vlad the Impaler's Paler's bloodline. So, who is Vlad the Impaler? How can he be connected and... How to make this all make sense. Okay, right? So, let's go back just a little bit. Um, so, it is true. In fact, the king is the great-grandson 16 times removed through the consort of George V, Queen Mary. Now, wasn't Queen Mary the one who got beheaded? I think so. A genealogical tree in the British Chronicles written by David Hughes supports the claim. It's no secret that the Prince, Prince Charles back then is very fond of Romania and especially fond of the Transylvania region. In 1998, he had his first visit after he found out about his connection 
and he's a very apparently very proud of this connection as well. He's done a lot of charity work. He's done, uh, especially in the fields of sustainable development, conservation, farming, and many others, he actually is very involved in Transylvania and is a prominent ambassador to Transylvania and the region all over the world. So isn't it funny? Now he's king, and uh, it just goes to show you that those who have power actually remain in power. Isn't that funny? Because Vlad was the son of the king of Transylvania for a time. And then he regained his father's seat. And uh, it, it, it was through a lot of work to get back to it because his father was actually murdered. So a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, okay, you know, Vlad was a horrible dude and he impaled a bunch of people. Well, yeah, that is true. But it was due to vengeance because his father was murdered. A lot of people don't know much about Vlad at all. So let's take a little peek into history, shall we? And see what uh, Vlad was all about. So Vlad lived in the 1400s, okay? So let's take a look here. Well, let's pull up Vlad and give you a little bit of background on why this actually took place. So Vlad himself, known as Vlad the Impaler or Vlad III Dracula or Romanian Vlad III Draculae or Vlad Tepes was born in 1431. He died in 1476. He died at 45 years old, which is pretty good for a guy who was out there impaling people himself and out on the battlefield, and he actually died on the battlefield. So, uh, you know, a lot of people know him for his cruel methods of punishing enemies, and he gained notoriety in 15th century Europe. Now, a lot of people, you know, give him credit for being the impetus for Bram Stoker's Dracula, but who was he, and how is he related? And what what is this background? That's the interesting thing, right? So Vlad was the second of four brothers born into a noble family of Vlad II, Dracul. Now, him being the son of Dracul was derived from the Latin Draco, which is dragon. Very interesting. So his last name actually is Dragon. Because his father was inducted into the Order of the Dragon, created by Holy Roman Emperor Sigismund, and it was for the defense of Christian Europe against the Ottoman Empire. Now, isn't this interesting now? Now it becomes a little bit more interesting, because you have Dragon, the Order of the Dragon, was created by a Holy Roman Empire. Emperor Sigismund for the defense of Christian Europe. So, some uh, why would they name uh, uh, why would a holy church Roman Empire Emperor? God, I'm sorry, I keep saying Empire Emperor name their 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 order of the dragon. Now, see, a lot of times we hear about these things, right? In Alien abductions, we'll hear about the suits that the aliens are wearing that'll have a, a dragon on it, or it'll have snakes wrapped around, or it'll have some sort of reference to some sort of reptilian. In this case, we have Dracula, the son of Dracul, 
named after a dragon and an order of the dragon. Now, if we go back in time, we know that reptilians have been around on the planet for thousands, millions of years, right? We know this. Uh, and they, I mean, it goes back to, you know, the dinosaur days when they were running their lab experiments down here. So these guys have been around a long time. Some of them have gone underground. Some of them have been up, 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 above ground. And a lot of them have shape-shifting capabilities. So if they were shape-shifting capabilities and they named this order of the dragon, <laughs> the order of the dragon, what do you think? I think that there might be some connection to the reptilians that could shape-shift, name this thing the order of the dragon, Put their name out there and no, and let people know, hey, we're 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 not messing around. This is this is the way things are going to go down. And wouldn't it be interesting if the reptilians themselves had something to do with pushing the Christian agenda? Now, I, you know, I I believe Jesus existed. I believed he he was he's a good guy, and I believed you know he he had huge influence and probably had these miraculous capabilities. I don't know what he was or what he is. Who was he? Was he alien? Was he not? We don't know. But we do know that he, he really stood for good in a lot of ways. Despite whatever the Bible says, it seems as though he stood for good. And and these reptilians are kind of like the opposite of Christianity, of, of, of good, right? Of, of Jesus' good, anyway. Um, so you have this order of the dragon that Dracula's father was part of. They were against the Ottoman Empire, which the Ottoman Empire was taking over vast swaths of land. Okay, so Vlad moved with his father to Wallachia in 1436 when his father assumed the leadership of, of Wallachia. But about six years later, in 1442, Vlad and his younger brother were sent to the court of the Ottoman Sultan as collateral to assure their sultan that their father had a reverse in his previous position. He was going to support the Ottoman Empire now, which is interesting because he's part of the Order of the Dragon that was opposing the Ottoman Empire. So what's interesting is Vlad then returned in 1448, six years later after being informed of the assassination of his father and his elder brother at the hands of of the Wallachian boyars, which were the nobles of Wallachia the year before. So they, the nobles, did not appreciate Vlad's father flip-flopping on this issue of agreeing with the Ottoman Empire or partnering up with them. So Vlad then became hell-bent on his revenge for his father and his brother and therefore became this alter ego, this Vlad the Impaler, this, this bloodthirsty, revenge-filled man who was taking out his aggression on the boyars and anybody else that opposed his father. So he embarked on a, on a lifelong series of campaigns, military campaigns, to regain his father's seat. He was hell-bent to get his seat back for his father. So, his opponents were the Boyers, as well as his younger brother, which is interesting enough, who supported the Ottoman Sultan. So basically, Vlad was totally against the Ottomans, who he had was sent to as 
collateral so that his so that you know his father could retain his seat so he was hell-bent on destroying the ottomans as well as the boyars of the wallachian area uh, he emerged briefly victorious in 1448 um, so he did become victorious he did regain his father's seat but then after only two months um, let's see he, br he briefly he emerged briefly victorious in 1448, but was deposed after only two months. Okay, so he, ga he gained it and was deposed after two months. After an eight-year struggle, Vlad again claimed the, the seat uh, called the, the Voi Vodate. It was during this period of rule that he committed all of the atrocities for which he was known for. So, obviously, he's known for his penchant of impaling people, all of his enemies on stakes in the ground and leaving them to die. Um, and he inflicted this torture on foreign enemies and domestic enemies. Basically, the reason he was doing that was to leave them out on the battlefield as a warning. Right? So, we see this a lot in, like, the Walking Dead television show. If you've ever seen that, all of these different groups after the, the world falls to the zombies... They protect their areas by putting out zombie heads on top of spikes or, uh, you know, pails. They're impaling their, their heads on these spiked long sticks. Um, or they'll have zombies chained together outside of, you know, basically blocking off of their area that they claim. So this is kind of like a well-known strategy to fend off people you know back in the 1400s keep in mind this is the dark ages so there wasn't like it wasn't like they had electricity they were there was a lot of people dying from disease so i'm not defending him but i'm sure he wasn't the only one granted he might have been the most well-known one you know well-known torturer or well-known uh you know protector of his area but maybe they you know there was a reason for it because this ottoman empire was very 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 powerful i mean you think about alexander the great if you've ever seen that movie or like the 300 you know when they're fighting the persian army when you're fighting an army that that's that big you have to be incredibly incredibly uh offensive and defensive and and threatening so that these guys don't come in and destroy you so imagine you have to you, you know when you're fighting a bear you get up and you you stretch out and you put your arms out and you try to make yourself as big as possible well that's exactly what vlad was doing he was saying hey you want to fight me boom this is going to be your fate so he had to kind of do this in order to to fend off the ottoman empire um and they still pursued him even though he left a field of impaled victims uh, so that that year, uh, he escaped the Ottoman Empire, but he he was intercepted by Hungarian forces and imprisoned by Matthias I of Hungary. Um, and he had sought actually this was one of the guys Vlad sought assistance from. He wanted the help of Matthias I. Uh, but later, after he got in, out of prison, Vlad regained his seat in 1476, but was ironically killed the same year in battle. But he remained a folk hero in the region for his efforts against the Ottoman encroachment. So, interestingly enough, his bloodline goes all the way down into the royal family bloodline. Ooh, scary, right? But what's interesting is, is that he died at 45, so he must have had children 
early on, which makes sense because you know, you're probably going to have children in your 20s back then, maybe even earlier, you know, maybe as soon as you hit 18 or around there because, you know, that's you're going to have to go off and fight and you're going to have to try to have a romance in somewhere in there. And it's just, it's very interesting that they were even able to keep records at that point because in the 1400s, moving into the 1500s, how the heck did they keep records? How did they continue and move it forward and move it? Th- I mean, you, you only probably had records on the very elite people, right? The very high echelon people, the people who made a difference, the people who held seats of power, and the average day fisherman probably didn't have his his records, uh, you know, maintained. So it's very, very fascinating. Very, very fascinating to see that the bloodline of of a you know a, a military uh, a military individual a, a royal individual a man of power in the 1400s has his bloodline all the way down into current day King of England stuff and we know that there's a blood that there's a bloodline but to know that there was a connection to Vlad the Impaler himself just makes you wonder is it possible? But the king himself could be a vampire. I'll leave that up for you to decide. Any shape-shifting, uh, uh, shape-shifting uh, lovers out there? Any any uh, any knowledgeable folks of of shape-shifters? It'd be interesting to see. Uh, you know what your thoughts are. But anyway, guys, I hope you guys are having a fantastic evening, enjoying your night on Friday, enjoying your weekend, taking care of yourself and your family. Follow through on those hobbies and goals and dreams, whatever they are. Read history, do do a podcast, do art, paint, write, draw, create, work on your car, do something fun for yourself, whatever it is, whatever you like. Follow through on that hobby, even if you put it down for a while, for a few years, or even a decade or two. Pick it back up. It's always there. Uh... You know, and, and I just I just want the best for you guys. So follow through on those hobbies and goals and dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care. And Lockdown Universe out. What up, everybody? Just wanted to say a big thank you to everybody who's supported Lockdown Universe for the past three years. I really appreciate you. And if you've been thinking about a way to support, but you didn't have $1.99 uh, to support for each month, that is okay. If you want to just buy me a coffee, there's an option for you to just buy me a coffee inside the description of each episode moving forward. So just highlight that, put it in your browser. You can go right there and buy me a coffee or two or three. I like coffee. Who doesn't? And I would really appreciate it. And it would keep me awake enough to make more podcasts for you guys. So uh, I would appreciate that. And just wanted to let you know, Thanks for that, and thanks for supporting the podcast. Let's get to the show.